Hello, friends. I listen to so much Joe Rogan. I was just want to start off every episode with that. I just I don't have his his delivery though. Hello, friends. I don't know how he does it. The guy's amazing. Welcome to Pod B N Election Edition 2021. We are now on to the Ward Nine candidates. First one we talked to here was Tom Crumpler. Before that, of course, got to thank Little Beaver Brewery. Something I haven't talked about, Little Beaver, that I really like is the adorable artwork. So Chad Beaver is the founder of Little Beaver Brewery. He's the the magician behind all of the brewing that goes on. Hence the name, Little Beaver. The, this little this beaver that is their mascot just gets into so much trouble. I got him dressed up in lederhosen. Here he's sitting in a tub of berries. Now he's in some... some uh, Maple syrup he's sitting in. Oh, gosh, he's in an inferno there. He's, he's got fire holding a, a jalapeno and a mango. He's got a brain magic happening where he takes off his magic hat and little stars are coming out. There he looks like he's in Hawaii. Just, <laughs> I just, I love the branding. So if only to just see what uh, the little beaver is doing today. Go and check it out, littlebeaverbrewery.com. Click our beers, and you can see the wide variety of things that you can um, that you can expect from Little Beaver. Just think, if the art is so diverse, what is the beer going to taste like? Hmm. And now, Tom Crumpler, running for Ward 9 in Bloomington. Tom, thanks for being on the uh, podcast. Hey, my pleasure. It's great to be here today. Well, before we get going, um, let's let's uh, kind of start with give viewer or give listeners a, a sense a little bit here of where Ward Nine covers. Um, what's what's the rough boundaries, and and so they know uh, who to vote for based on where they live. Right. Well, um, Ward Nine is the actually the sort of far northeast side of Bloomington. Um, there are um, seven precincts. Um, and it is, you know, it's it's um, includes a lot of. Um, I actually live in um, the estates of Eagle View, but um, we are out here. Um, um, if you come all the way out Fort Jesse um, across Tawanda Barnes, um, there are a number of um, subdivisions out here: um, Hawthorne Hills, um, Eagle Crest. Um, yeah, and and it it, it actually. Um, um, backs up to the edge of Airport Road, so it's a pretty good size um, precinct. Okay. Ward, then, Ward, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So then, uh, what what on earth made you want to jump in and get involved in local politics and run for office? Uh, that's a great question. Um, well, um, last October, um, Kim Bray, who's our current alderwoman. Um, called me and said she had decided um, not to run again um, for a couple of reasons and said, would you be interested in um, running for city council? And, you know, I, I thought about it for a while. Um, and actually, um, Jeremy, I just had, I just retired from Illinois State University in um, December um, and thought um, it was an opportunity, you know, to give back to the community. Um, service. I mean, I, I have enjoyed living here for over 20 years. And so I talked to my wife and she seemed to think it was a pretty good idea that I might um, actually be a pretty good fit for the city council. Um, and so um, I you know, got my petitions and I'm on the ballot and quite excited to be a candidate. And um, um, it's, it's really great. Um, I've, I've had a lot of great experiences running so far. So 
Uh, how's how's campaigning going during COVID? How's that treating you? <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> it's different. Um, you know, going to door to door, particularly starting, particularly in this with the weather we have now, um, has not um, really been an option yet. Um, I think I will do some door knocking. Um, and when the weather finally gets a little bit warmer, hopefully in March. But what I what I've done is I've really um, used a lot. I've used um, social media. I um, have a website, um, Facebook page, and I actually had a, a virtual town hall on the fourth of February, um, which is posted on my website. If you'd like to, if anyone wants to look at it, um, I've done a lot of reaching out to voters um, by mail. Um, um, particularly voters, um, and, and there are um, a number of older voters who live out here. By older, um, Justin, I mean 50 and over. Um, so I've written letters to um, voters um, just telling them about myself. I'm also um, making, um, making phone calls pretty much on a daily basis, um, going precinct by precinct, um, and just trying to talk to people about what they care about, what their concerns are for Bloomington, what... Um, what they would like to see in an alderman. Um, and it, it's really been a great education. So, you know, it's not optimal, but I'd say given the circumstances, it's going pretty well. Yeah. And you said uh, Alder, Alderperson Bragg uh, is the one that approached you. Um, is that to assume that you would line up fairly well with um, the way she's been governing the last uh, four years or so, or are there some differences you'd like to point out? Um, you know, I think, you know, I really, um, Kim's been a wonderful representative for our ward, and I, and I have a lot of respect for her. Um, you know, um, most, and I've been following um, the council meetings since really since October. Um, I would say in general, our views are um, pretty close. Um, there, might, there might be some differences. You know, um, there are a lot of issues, um, as you all both know, coming before the city council, um, issues of infrastructure, um, issues that are connected to um, social justice. And so I'm really, um, I'm really running as a pragmatist. Um, I think the purpose of city council is to um, help ensure that the city is working well um, and that people, and, and try to um, improve the quality of life for Bloomington. So, th so I think um, uh, Kim and I are probably um, fairly close in um, political philosophy. You, you mentioned that there's quite a few issues facing Bloomington, and clearly there are, and, and, and smorgasbord of items that we could all jump in and address. Right. Um, if if you were if you were in charge of the agenda on day one uh, when you were elected, what issue would we be talking about and tackling first? Oh my goodness. Um, well, um, uh, like a lot of midwestern cities, I think Bloomington has um, um, neglected. Um, some of its infrastructure. And so I think to, for me, that would be a real priority. Um, particularly, um, I what I see, um, Jeremy, is a lot of infill um, throughout Bloomington. Um, for example, I think one of the real successful projects recently um, was the taking of the old um, Bloomington High School and turning it into um, a home for our, our older residents that has some rent control. Um, so um, I think... Um, there's a lot of um, work to be done in downtown um, um, and, and, you know, street repair, um, making sure that the, um, um, 
there there are issues um, issues is probably not the right word, but you know the um, the, the water um, in Lake Bloomington and, and Evergreen Lake. Um, wanting to make sure that our water system is working um, efficiently. I know there's a long-term plan to address that. I mean, those are the kinds of things I want to begin with. Um, I guess second on my agenda would be to reach out to small business owners, um, particularly, I know they're, um, I think Bloomington's um, um, in, a, in a relatively um, decent shape, according to the Chamber of Commerce. Um, but I still think um, with, the, with the economic downturn that has um, affected so many uh, folks during COVID. Um, I'm a person who wants to really um, not wait for people to come to me, but I want to I want to um, reach out to business owners and, and listen to what they need, um, find out what innovative um, ideas they might have, what possible solutions, and really figure out how to work with them. Um, those would be my first two. Um, Probably, um, I guess a third um, issue for me or, or third topic for me is I would like to see cooperation between the town of Normal and Bloomington increased. Um, I think um, it might be a way to um, maybe maybe reduce economic or reduce costs. And I just feel like I've heard from a number of voters out here who have said to me, boy, you know, how come Bloomington and uh, and, and normal aren't working and, and normal has this and Bloomington doesn't. So I, th I think that would be another priority of mine. So let's just expand on that one first and we'll kind sure. of backtrack in some of the others. What are some ways that you think you could help uh, the relations between Bloomington and normal and it, what indicate, what indications do you have that they're not working currently? Um, well, I, you know, I, I don't have any um, empirical data um, that says they're not working, but on um, one example, um, Justin, that I've talked to some people about is is Metcom. Um, I know Bloomington um, made the decision to pull out of that a number of years ago, and there have been discussions um, over the years. I think the last one was in 2018, as I remember. Um, you know, thinking, well, this might be a good good thing for us. And I mean, I I, I don't want to um, um, denigrate the the the, the um, response center in Bloomington or, or act like it's not working, but there is that um, delay. You know, if I call 911 and I get um, Metcom, they have to transfer me to Bloomington rather than directly dialing a first responder. So I would like to have a conversation um, about um, whether that's, whether it's fiscally responsible, you know, to rejoin uh, Metcom um, um, and, and I think that would be something, and I don't know, um, I know there have been, there have been the, the current mayor has um, um, come out in favor of it. I don't know, we'll certainly have a new mayor and we'll see how that goes. But, but it just seems to me that that would be something um, that, would, that would be, should be explored. Um, in terms of, you know, um, I do know of some of, some of the um, uh, normal um, town, uh, council members, um, and I would not wait for them um, to again to come to me, I would try to make. Um, I think I think part of my governing philosophy is about building relationships um, from the get go and, and trying to figure out what common ground might we have um, so that we can move things forward. Do you think that you'd be looking for at, beyond Metcom some further integration? Like uh, you know, there's been talk over the years of integrating the entire police force, so the entire. Uh, uh, firefighting or, you know, why do we have two city governments? Even yeah, right. Right. So. You know, um, boy, that's a big one. I, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure. 
you know, I would want to want to integrate everything. Um, I actually talked to, I had a conversation with um, Chief West recently. We were talking about, as I was just trying to get to know some of the city leaders. And he said to me, you know, he said, the Bloomington Fire Department um, and the normal um um, the normal fire department, we work really well together. You know, we are, you know, they, and they, but they have different standard operating procedures and they're slightly different. And so I'm not sure um, merging that would necessarily be the best idea. Um, and I would certainly want to listen to others who are more knowledgeable about that than me before any kind of um, serious discussion would have. But it, I just think, um, um, Maybe talking, and, and maybe these are maybe these talks already happening. But just sitting down and and just talking about how um, we could, if there are overlaps, um, how we might work together um, to you know to make sure that the city is getting the the quality of services that it needs. Hey, you talked, uh, you, you mentioned infrastructure, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ward nine. I mean, that's some of the newer development there. So, um, yes, talk to me about what you mean by infrastructure. Um, well, you know, I, I particularly, um, you know, we, we are, uh, you're right. You know, this is, um, the, the roads out here are, um, in general, um, in, in pretty good shape, although there certainly are, you know, potholes due to the weather. Um, you know, they come about every, every year, this particular time of year, you know, but, but I guess I'm talking about, um, the larger, um, the larger city of Bloomington. Um, I think, um, for example, I think some, there are places on the West side that have um, suffered from, um, you know, benign neglect, um, where streets are really, um, in disrepair, um, and, and so I think as, as, a, as a councilman, I certainly want to represent Ward 9 and, 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 and um, advocate for um, what's needed out here um, and what, my, what people elect me, who would elect me, um, care about. But I also, I think you have to see yourself as a, uh, as a representative for the larger city of Bloomington. And there are um, other areas in the, in the, for example, in the downtown area, um, downtown Bloomington. I would love to see... Um, um, more green space in downtown Bloomington. Um, I know the, um, and, and, and um, Justin, you know this, the, the downtown task force report talked about um, walkability for downtown. Um, I've talked to um, people out here that say, boy, what if we had some additional lighting downtown? Wouldn't that be nice so that it was more lit so we might have um, more families and, and people attracted to downtown. Um, I think by infrastructure, I guess I'm thinking of the larger city. Um, I also know um, um, that, that um, um, there has been an education effort with um, our, our local farmers um, about um, Lake Bloomington and, and how do we um, keep um, for example, nitrates from leaching into the into the lake, you know, so that our water system stays, um, you know, the water stays drinkable. And, and um, I know that a lot of the um, pipes that have been um, that were we've been using for a long time need replacing. Um, and there's a long term plan to do that and new pumping stations. But I guess those are the kinds of things I'm thinking about, not just Ward 9 and not just streets, although that's certainly um, an issue for a lot of people, but um, larger infrastructures of the city. Uh, since you mentioned downtown, let's dive into that a little bit. That's always a uh, campaign yeah. campaign talking point in the city of Bloomington. And it seems sure. like it has been for quite some time. 
What you mentioned the green first time I've ever heard. Right. What are you right. talking about? Yeah. No, first well, time, you're first kidding me, right? Yeah. No one else yeah. has ever brought that up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you mentioned green space. Yeah. Um, what, what other types of improvements would you like to see downtown? And and honestly, uh, maybe answer this question first. How do you think we have done um, on downtown redevelopment over the last, we'll say, eight to ten years? You know, I, I think there have been some real improvements. I mean, I came here in the summer of 1999, you know, to um, take a job as a faculty member at Illinois State. So in the years that I've been here, I, I think it's, it's um, I mean, I think it's definitely, there's been some real improvement. Um, I think um, there's a, 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 a thriving art community in downtown that's been, I think, enhanced. Um, I think, um, yeah, you know, BCPA, uh, First Friday, you know, there's, there have been a lot of efforts, I think, to increase community involvement. Um, so I think it, it's been a good start. Um, there are there are some things that I would love to see, though, I think. Um, um, one of the ironic, um, to me, um, outcomes of, of the pandemic is, you know, moving um, dining outside. Um, and I think with except with a, with a few, you know, and, and I would love to see more of that in downtown Bloomington. Um, I think um, with a few exceptions like Epiphany Farms, Rosie's, um, I think, um, let's see, a couple other places, Reality Bites. Um, you know, there has not been a real um, culture of, 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 outside, of outside dining. I mean, you go to someplace like Champagne. Um, and you see that um, it's just much more evolved. And I would love to see that become a more permanent part of downtown. I think people would enjoy that. Um, I also think I would love to involve more of our local artists um, in creating um, um, spaces to display their work in downtown Bloomington. I think, again, that would be, um, you know, if you, if you, if you look at, um, you know, um, things like strong cities, that kind of stuff. One of the things that comes up and up, uh, comes up uh, more often is a strong arts community. Um, really, really enhances downtown. Um, so I think that would be a great thing. Um, let's see. Uh, as I was saying earlier, I I was um, actually talking to a person um, who who knows a lot about um, um, streetlights, and he, he was telling me he this was one of the voters out here, and we talked about. Um, it's not just putting lights, you know, just to have more light, but, you know, the light that really focuses in a particular way. Um, so, for example, if, you know, if street lights are focused down so that the ground, so that the space around them are, is illuminated rather than, you know, just focusing the light up so that it's diffused, um, you know, so that, the, so that people can, um, you know, walk the streets and feel um, safer. I know some of the... Um, some of the folks out here um, have sort of a negative view of downtown. They see it as not safe, um, which is unfortunate because I, I just think that that's just, they just haven't been down there um, enough to really see what, what, what exists. Um, and well, I guess, you, you, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was, I was, I was going to say, you know, and, and I guess finally um, just again, what sort of to go back what I was saying earlier, I think, um, increasing, you know, maybe, and I don't know exactly how it, you would do this, um, maybe working with um, the directions of streets, um, closing some areas off, um, you know, like the farmer's market, you know, 
when you go down there on a Saturday in June, um, you know, there, there's a, there's a real walkable walkability of, of going to the, you know, different um, vendors and, and buying, you know, fruit or, or vegetables or whatever, but maybe trying to increase some of the walkability spaces down there um, so that people um, um, can park close by, but, all, but walk around downtown and, and really, um, I, I think that might make people or might bring people into local businesses more, um, more often if they were able just to walk through and, and see what was out there. Well, you've, you've hit the downtown outdoor dining. You're making Justin happy. You're going to get no arguments there. You hit the, uh, the zoning and uh, strong towns initiative. So you're making Tyson happy on that one. <laughs> so I, I think you have some fans um, staying a little bit on downtown, but changing mm-hmm. the, the topic just a touch. Um, obviously, recently, there's been a lot of talk about uh, placement of the Connect Transit potential uh, uh, center. Yeah. Um, just curious in your thoughts on, on, you know, first of all, do you have a preference or are we talking C2 East or Panagraph or um, post office? And, and then yeah. overall thoughts on that project as a whole? Yeah, yeah. Um, we know, I'm a, I'm a, I think Connect Transit is absolutely vital for our city. Um, you know, um, students use it. People with mobility issues are, uh, are, are residents who may be on fixed incomes. And, and I really think that um, the Connect Transit um, Center is, is, is much needed. Um, having said that, I, you know, I want, um, I want to make sure that we are fiscally responsible. I think, it, um, and, and I have driven around and, and, I, and looked at all the different sites. And, and I, you know, I would imagine, or I do imagine that each of them has its own um, advantages or, or it, it, you know, it, it, it um, but, but I really think for me, um, um, right now, um, I really like the looks of the, um, C2 East site. Um, it's been an empty for a long time. I think years ago, there was a bar there down t- in the lower level. Um, but it, it doesn't look like, um, Jeremy, that there's been much, um, um, any efforts to develop anything there in some time. It looks like it might be the most fiscally reasonable um, to renovate. Um, it's also, you know, right there, sort of um, close to um, places to eat. Um, so that, to me, is the most attractive one right now. Um, and I'm, I'm really pleased that the community gets to weigh in um, on what they want. Um, is there concern uh, with either the C2 East or the Panagraph building um, that it not being inside that buckle of downtown when you start thinking about transit riders having to cross uh, a state road of you mm-hmm. know Main Street or Center Street? Um, because we're, we know working with the state to develop a safe crossing there is going mm-hmm. to be is going to be trouble. Uh, we're going to run into some roadblocks there. So, is there concern when you look at those two things of safety of the connect riders, um, especially when if they're at the transfer center, they're probably either coming from or going to inside the buckle. Would it, wouldn't it make sense to have it more placed inside the buckle if possible? Um. Well, sure. I mean, I, you know, actually hadn't, you know, hadn't um, thought about that. As, as, so I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, you know, that's certainly something that would need to be worked out, wouldn't it? Um, um, if, if, if I wonder if it's possible, and this may be something, Justin, that you know better than I do. Um, would it be? Is is it? Is it? Um, would it be possible to create some sort of? Not even know if I'm, I'm sort of. Um, I'm not sure I'm using the right words here. Um, some sort of um, oval or um, uh, um, turn-in, turn-out space that would that would um, mediate against having to cross a state road, as you were describing. If we'd use the C2 East site. 
Yeah, I mean, any way you cut it, I think you're going to have to cross 51 um, uh-huh. to, to get to that downtown center. And I mean, that's an obstacle that can be overcome. I don't want to pretend mm-hmm. like it can't, but but I think it has two two hurdles involved. One being that it's just out there to begin with, right? Like you have to cross it to get inside. But the other one is dealing with the state, um, right? You know, and and that's always been trouble whenever you're doing that. And um, and then when it comes to cost too, with the Connect Transit Transfer Center, I always think about there's only one of those three sites that is city owned already. The other two we would have to acquire and we don't know the That's cost. True. Of that. they're, they're private only owned. Yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, in that sense, maybe, you know, if since already owned by the city that might um, mediate against the cost of, you know, um, I have not been in the Panagraph building in many, many years. Um, so I don't know how much work would need to be, you know, what is, would the, would that building need to be um, torn down completely? The uh, Panagraph building? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to pretend like I'm an engineer, but I would hope not. Um, I would hope we'd be able to at least save the facade a little bit um, to, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, keep that. If that, because I mean, I think that's a great option too. Is if we can restore a building that would otherwise be torn down in some capacity, I think that's a, right. that's a plus for that and, one. And yeah. there, I think there's also, and again, I'm not running for office, and and I don't have a dog in this fight on on any of the three. I mean, my option would be none of the above personally, if you want to know my opinion, but. The um, the C two East building uh, could I understand being outside the buckle, but I would I would be curious as to where are writers going when they're down there. I mean, clearly mm-hmm. the the Law and Justice Center clerk's office, some of the governmental right. buildings. Um, but you know, are they going to the library? Are they going to City Hall? Are they go because you could be in the buckle and have to cross over as well. So I I don't know if we know that data, but. Yeah, I, I think, don't know I that think this either. discussion yeah. kind of highlights that there's a lot of factors that go in into this and a lot of a lot of things that need to be considered. Absolutely. I guess the other thing I would want to think about is, you know, I mean, if I would want the, whatever whatever decide we end up choosing and hopefully developing, there would be um, opportunities for um, restaurants, coffee shop, um, you know, sandwich shop, whatever, um, so that people could grab a bite or, you know, or sit down for a minute. So it's not just, a, you know, a place where you're catching or getting on the, the, the Connect Transit system, but it's but it has some, um, you know, some some business um, additions to the to the building as well. I would hope that would be. I'm, I'm certain that's a consideration. I hope it is anyway. You know, Tom, I think that's a good point because I mean, the everything we've seen up to this point, um, and I don't want to take up the rest of your podcast on connection. Oh, no, okay. I totally could, but everything we've seen up to this point has not shown any, um, you know, type of multi-purpose building. It's oh, really? Yeah. Now, I, I, there could be talks. I'm not on city council. There could be talks that hasn't been made public yet. Um, but I would hope that if those become public soon, because they, they have talks of this being a catalyst or, or mm-hmm. you know, a jumping off point for downtown. And someone who is, I, be, being me, a big fan of downtown, a big fan of public transit, I hate to break it to people, but a place you park buses is not going to be a you know, catalyst project for anything, right? I don't think so. No, <laughs> um, you have to have a multi-purpose uh, project there for it to be any mm-hmm. kind of real impact in revitalizing downtown. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I absolutely I'm, agree. I'm glad you brought that up. But well, just yeah. just before we go to lightning round, just just comment that sitting here on the outside, just listening to it, this is very refreshing in that uh, taking in opinions and going, oh, I hadn't thought of that, or I dig into that. I, I appreciate the approach. I think we. We need more of that in uh, in these sort of conversations and debates from all sides. So 
it doesn't happen all the time. So dang it, I'm going to point out and say, <laughs> good, good job. Good conversational. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, so Jeremy alluded to it, Tom, and, and we're about actually we're a little over halfway through this podcast already, believe it or not. And, and at the halfway point, we like to try to do a little thing, a uh, little lightning round. Okay. Uh, this, this is where Jeremy's uh, going to shoot out some words to you and you just first two or three words that come to your mind. Um, and if we want to expand on them in the second half, we can, but initially we just kind of want the first thing that pops into your head. Okay. Okay. So the first one we've talked a little bit on is downtown Bloomington. Um, great potential. A um, lot of promise. Very important. Okay. Uh, next is connect transit. Um, uh, lifeline for um, members of our community. Uh, would not want to see um, Bloomington without it. Um, the station is, is important. We're, we're going to three sentences, uh, three words. <laughs> oh, sorry. sorry. I'll, try to do, I'll try to do better. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll find, I'll find. Um, next one is O'Neill Pool. Um, so glad it's being renovated. Uh, next is Bloomington Public Library. Um, anchor for downtown um, needs to be renovated in some capacity. Urban sprawl. Oh, um, <laughs> um, you know that's been that's a, a, a complex issue that needs addressing. Uh, Constitution Trail. Um, love the Constitution Trail. And then finally, economic development. Oh, um, one of the one of, one of the primary things I care about is the candidate. Very good. All right. We did, you, you, pick, you, you, you shrunk it down. You started with a couple <laughs> sentences, but you got it towards the end. No, that's good. Um, and like I said, we'll probably expand on a few of those before we wrap up. But um, I want to make sure we have an opportunity to talk about COVID and its impact okay. that, it, that it's had on the community um, over the past year. Kind of want to uh, get you, first get your take on how, you, how well you think the city of Bloomington has handled the COVID pandemic over the past year. Um. I think it's done pretty well, um, and there have been huge obstacles. Um, let's start, uh, for example, with the restaurant bar, you know, thing um, controversy. What, what's what's impressed me, um, Jeremy and Justin, is that most of the businesses in this town have really um, wanted to and continue to do the right thing. And by the right thing, I mean putting public health at the forefront, um, you know, and trying to work within the the um, the guidelines um, set by the state, and that's not been easy because families, you know, um, there are families' jobs at stake. Um, you know, there's been certainly um, a lot of um, people who were disgruntled about not being able to go to their favorite place whenever they wanted to. But I think they've been really responsible, and I think our positivity rate is down. Um, and I think um, things are moving forward. Um, I, I guess. Um, you know the with the with the vaccinations now being um, down down at um, Grossinger Arena, you know I, I think that was um, a, a bit of a problem, um, particularly early on. People weren't sure how to get signed up. Um, you know they used uh, Sign Up Genius, um, which if you're a person who's fairly computer literate, that's fine. If you're not, um, maybe that caused some problems getting people signed up to get their um, uh, their appointments for their vaccinations. Um, I think. Um, 
the rollout maybe was a little bit slow. I'm not sure that was anything to do with the city um, as much as it was the state's access to vaccines. Um, and, and I think the, I guess the third piece for me, um, I think the schools, um, and by schools, I mean universities and um, Bloomington uh, 87 and year five, have worked so hard to try to accommodate um, the quality of education that families expect in this town and and um, um, yet trying to keep um, uh, kids and teachers safe. And that's not been easy. Um, I think one of the things we've learned um, in this COVID is, is how valuable our teachers are in this community. Um, they're making, um, they're being asked to um, do all, all, all online teaching or hybrid um, teaching, and, and they've adapted. And I, and I think they ought, they should be um, um, receive some kudos, you know, for for that work. So I, I guess overall, um, I think the city has done um, pretty well. I, I I appreciate your comments on the teachers. Um, I man, I share that view with you. You can tell you're a teacher because of all the candidates we've had. You're the, I think the only one that has uh, mentioned the schooling piece and, and that man, that is a very real issue. I, I oh. don't know how, uh, I don't know how parents with young kids, especially are, are, are doing it. it. It's hard enough for me having a freshman. And Oh, Jeremy, I, 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 you and I agree on that. I, I, I'm in awe of, you know, parents who have two or three, you know, grade school kids trying to, you know, both. Um, and if they're work, if, if both partners are working from home, yeah. um, you know, trying to manage, um, you know, getting their kids online, making sure that the things are working and, and while the, and, and their schedules too, it, it's incredibly difficult. And I think um, I'm, ho- I'm really hoping, you know, that uh, everything I read says that, you know, maybe by, you know, late summer or fall, um, we'll, you know, we'll be in a better place um, in terms of COVID and people will be able and we'll be able to move kids back into more, um, you know, regular classrooms face to face. And I think that's, that'll, we'll, I think parents, I'm sure will breathe, a, will breathe a sigh of relief when that all happens. Well, well turning to the role of, of government there, I, I know you yeah. touched on the businesses just a little bit. Um, obviously there's been some, some controversy and some mm-hmm. different sides taken as to what the role of government should be specifically with um, some of the enforcement actions. And yes. and I want you to clarify a little bit, um, what's your position in regards to, uh, should the should the city be uh, enforcing and, and finding businesses that are choosing to stay open and specifically using the Liquor Commission and some of those tools? Or um, should should the health department be handling that or should we not be doing it? Where's your thoughts there? Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, that's a, I think that's a really complicated um, and important question. Um, you know, again, I, I want to return. I think it's an issue of public safety. Um, you know, and what's good for the whole, I think, is sometimes a hard thing, you know, for people to come to terms with. I think using the liquor, you know, using a liquor commission to find businesses who are not abiding by the rules that are set forth that everyone is aware of. Um, it, it, I think that's, I think that's, um, an okay practice for the for the city to do. Um, it's not um, um, it's not as if they didn't know what the regulations and guidelines were. And, and as I said earlier, I think the majority of our businesses, our restaurants and bars are are, ab- um, are um, abiding by you know, what the expectations are. And I think we have to put public health first. 
Um, and, and I think that's one of the one of the things that Bloomington has really um, excelled at. Um, the 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 the, the, the um, businesses that have um, not kept um, within the guidelines, and there are not very many of them. Um, I, I think they they need to understand that this is not um, we're, we're not chasing people down, um, but we have to. Um, um, we have to. We all have to live within the limitations of what um, guidelines are set. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that that was an okay thing to do. And, and I hope um, um, that I hope we see that. I assume that we will see those situations becoming fewer and fewer um, as we move into the spring and summer. Tom, a few of the things that we kind of talked about in the lightning round that I see tying directly to Ward Nine. Okay. Um, one of them was urban sprawl. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you said something that we got to get under control, a complicated issue. Expand more on that. How do you think the city has done on urban sprawl up to this point? Um, where can we improve in the future? How, how should we address it in the future? Uh, talk us through some of that. Right. Um, well, you know, I mean, I'll take my own my own neighborhood, for example. I live out in the estates of Eagle View. Um, and if you go outside, if you turn out, turn right on um, Fort Jesse, you're pretty much out in the farmlands. And so we're right on the edge. of. And, and so, <clears throat> excuse me, it's expensive um, for city services to, you know, to, to, to bring to to come out here, you know, water, electricity, um, you know, and, and I think um I, I, I don't want to um, discourage real estate development. I mean, the, it, it's wonderful living out here. We have great families. Um, you know, I, I, we, when my wife and I built this house, uh, we, were, we were just so um, pleased to be able to move out here. Having said that, I think we have to take a look at um, how much more farther east we want to build. Um, as I was saying earlier, there's so much... Um, infill, and, and I think in Bloomington that we could take a look at um, and develop that before we continue to um, develop, you know, what you're calling urban sprawl. Um, and and, it, and it's 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 tough, you know, because um, people want you know people want to build new homes out here, and, and I certainly don't want to um, um, discourage. Um, real the real estate market and and and, and that's been um, 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 very successful in this part of town but I think we have to ask ourselves um, how much more um, can we afford you know if we continue to build further and further east one of the issues out here um, is the um, response time for um, the fire state fire um, fighters we have the slowest um, response time anywhere in the city. Um, it's in the in the standard, as you may know, is is six minutes. And, I, and I've talked to people. I talk, I talked to Kim Bray about that, and I talked to uh, Chief West about that. And you know, um, they, the fire department is doing everything they can to um, with staffing, and and they are um, they are an amazing um, um, asset to the city. Yet. Um, you know, as we continue to build um, further and further out, um, how do we address those sort of issues? You know, what do we do to um, ensure that the, the families on this side of town, if they do have an emergency, can get, um, you know, first responders out here if they need them? So, so I, think, I think we need to have serious conversations about um, what's best for the, for the larger city of Bloomington. 
um, and not just sort of build um, um, without really thinking through uh, what are the long-term um, challenges. Yeah. Well, that, that, that really hits on a couple of the themes that you've touched on, because I know, or as you're probably aware, one of the solutions that's been proposed is that, you know, a new fire station, that's a joint fire station between Bloomington Normal and, and, uh, you know, critics of, of the current plan, you know, there's possibly talk of a bias subdivision up there. What is it by Sam's club, um, kind of, kind of area. I and, think so. And, yeah. and I've heard people say, well, oh, that's not the right spot. And the you know, residents mm-hmm. are, upset and, and then on the flip side okay well maybe we should do a combined one that addresses your need but but then again it, there's the urban sprawl and we're, we're building right. resources so I, I don't know how you balance that and, and where it is and if you have perspective I'd love to hear it but um, yeah. it seems like there's a solution there I, I think there is and you know and and I um I actually had a conversation with Mayor Renner um you know and he he has um um um, indicated to me that you know that this was a capital project that the money was originally set aside, and I don't know um, where we are. I, I, I know that there have been um, um, conversations for for a couple of years now without anything definite being um, decided. Um, and, and it's my understanding that there were concerns about who was going to pay for what. You know, to sort of right. put it. You know, simply, and, and I and Jeremy, I'm sure it's more complicated than that. But I, I really, um, you know, if if I'm elected, um, I really want to um, revisit, you know, the possibilities of what what we're going to do. Um, I, I know, um, and I don't know what the what the current um, number of firefighters are, you know, for the city of Bloomington. But maybe it's as maybe it's a matter of you know trying to hire more more personnel. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I know trying to build a new station is probably the most expensive thing, um, but well, and, and we already have an uh, unused fire station. On the, and we already on have the, uh, the station. Far west I think side, it's, right? Yeah, on so, the far west side, is it, station yeah. number five is unused. And so, you know, sitting maybe and maybe this is again an opportunity to sit down with um, um, the town of Normal and say, okay, how can we maximize um, response times for for our larger community? Um, and even even because I know um, uh, the, they serve also some of the smaller um, towns in McLean County, um, so maybe bringing the county into the discussion. But it just seems to me that um, figuring out a way to work together for what's best for all of us um, is something we ought to do. I'll just say uh, that fire station out out there is used, just not used as a fire station. It's used a lot for training and, and instructing and those types of things. Right. Um, yeah. 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 Um, so we got about five or ten, five or eight minutes left. It looks like uh, Tom. So I want to make sure we hit on a few things. You, and especially this one because it's uh, what you said is the main reason you're running. So I want to make sure we talk right. about, it. and that's okay. economic economic development. Um, right. What's that? How, how's the city done with that? What can they do better? Uh, what's your vision look like? Well, I think we've been. Um, I think lately things have been going really um, pretty well. Um, um, I think um, the. Um, the fact that Rivian is is here or is moving here, I think, is a wonderful asset for our city. Um, and I want to make sure I get this. And, and the chocolate company, um, Ferraro. Ferraro. I think Ferraro, those. Yeah. I think those two businesses are really um, going to be great assets for our community. So I, I'm really pleased. And I and I um, I I know that um, <clears throat> um, issues like um, incentives, like tax abatement. Um, you know, and TIF sort of funds have been used, you know, to try to get um, um, 
businesses here. I think I think we have to be careful um, with those sorts of incentives because um, smaller businesses um, who have been here for a long time might say, well, you know, um, I, like like um, um, uh, Portillo's, um, not Portillo's, um, you know, a, a smaller businesses um, who are um, seeing um, abatements for larger um, companies coming in might ask, well, what about me? I've been here for years. Um, and, and somebody, and if, and if we're giving tax abatements to um, large companies, somebody has to have pay those taxes. Um, and since our property taxes go to fund our, um, our schools, um, I think um, in any kind of economic incentives, we ought to have um, those people at the table. Um, I, I was talking to someone from Unit 5 the other day who was describing, um, I guess, what's called the, uh, the is it the, I'll make sure I've got this right, the enterprise zone? Um, yeah. Yeah, who, who was saying to me, well, decisions seem to be made about what we're going to do for the next five years, but the school district was not at the discussion table. Um, and this person was concerned that, um, well, you know, we've, we've got... Um, um, a structural deficit, you know, and we have um, money that's going to need to be paid, and we have other bonds that we're thinking about, it. and so, so those those are complicated issues. What I think has worked well, um, particularly during COVID, is the um, the office of the the economic development office. Um, um, uh, being able to give um, small grants that helped um, defer the costs of of revenue that was lost and keep places. Um, um, open and keep them uh, able to make their payrolls. I think that's been really successful for our city. Um, I I want, as I was saying earlier, um, I want to re- I want to I want to meet with business owners um, from the day from from the from the very beginning um, when I'm elected. Um, um, you know, and and really listen to them and not assume I know what's best uh, for our city, but really try to um, build collaborative relationships with people who, who are in those positions um, so that I can know how this council can help them. Tom, if, uh, if voters want to learn more about you or uh, get to know you, reach out, volunteer, donate, any of those things, what would be the best way for them to contact you or, or learn more about you and your campaign? Well, they can go to my website, um, uh, Crumpler for Ward 9, right? Um, and they could call me. Um, my um, cell phone um, is on the site. Um, they can also go to my Facebook page. Um, I am really a person who has emphasized um, transparency and being available to voters. Um, I, they can email me, um, and, and I'm, I'm a person who really um, tries to get back to people within 24 hours. Um, any, of those, any of those methods um, would... Um, would connect with me and I would be happy to speak with anyone who wants to talk to me about my views or my vision for Bloomington. Very good. Well, before we wrap up, I want to make sure we take just a couple seconds to thank our sponsor. Uh, We have a sponsor that without them, we wouldn't be able to do this election edition, and that's Little Beaver Brewery. They're located at 5 Finance Drive in Bloomington. Uh, They're open every single day, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. They have 24 beers on tap brewed right in their facility on Finance Drive, but 
Honestly, I was there and I want to talk about their food. They had, I saw a pizza that looked pretty darn delicious, really thin, crispy crust. I saw burgers. I saw mozzarella balls. They have a full range menu of some really good looking food. So check them out. It's a family friendly environment. They have a great uh, outdoor patio if it's nice weather. Um, Otherwise, they just redid their inside facility too. So five finance drive. Find them on Facebook. That's where you're going to get the most up-to-date information. So thanks for Little Beaver Brewery for sponsoring the election edition of PodBN. And thank you, Tom, for coming on, making the time. Not every candidate is doing it, and we appreciate those that do. So thank you so much. Hey, uh, Justin and Jeremy, thank you for having me here today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Good luck to you in the campaign, sir. All right. Thank you. Take care.